three, two, one. It's that time of the day. Welcome to the 4th Street Sports Show, an award-winning student podcast covering all things Golden Eagles. Welcome back to 4th Street, everyone. This is Charlie Trail being your interim host for this special episode we're doing, joined here by Nima Mixon and Nathan Lee. And we're going to be talking basketball, y'all. It is the orange basketball, uh, orange bouncy hoop season, as mm-hmm. Nick Suss used to say. <laughs> I liked what he uh, did uh, there at Ole Miss. But uh, it's, it's it's my favorite sport. Uh, and I know Dima, he used to drop 40 points on <laughs> homeschool kids. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jesus. Why does this always turn into the roast Dima pod? No, I mean, 40 points is respectable at any means. Yeah. 48. Hey, there we go. Hey. Did you know I play basketball for seven years yeah yeah i didn't okay. know that yeah nice. you did mention it and nathan i mean he's a big basketball fan yeah, too he sucks yeah <laughs> that's why i talk about sports and don't play them yeah, <laughs> that's true that's true but we're going to be talking about southern miss basketball in particular and you know we've been uh covering them for the past couple of years uh obviously <laughs> two different tales for the women's and then the men's team last year women's had a pretty good season going into the second round a conference usa tournament it really got paired against a tough team i think they could have gone deeper honestly uh, and then the men's on the other side seven and 26 finished the last season including a 14 game losing streak in conference one in 17 in conference overall um really really rough year most uh losses in a single season for the program and program history obviously they used to play le- less games back then so uh longest losing streak since they were uh they went winless in the 70s Good. So, <laughs> yeah, they went, I think basketball was bad last year. That's hard not those bad. They went I'd even go winless. Zero like, oh, and twenty five, I think, in the seventies. <laughs> so people were like, "This is the worst." That season. must have been a bunch of Nathan Lee's playing. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to get back at this roast. They, they said, yeah. "You know, last season was the worst season." I said, "Hold up, uh, <laughs> hang on. You know, go and go in the history book. Take some but, positives that they yeah. weren't as bad as zero and twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll stop. <laughs> but we're gonna go ahead and talk about the men's first. Because both the men's and women's teams start Monday uh, against William Carey, hometown, crosstown rivals, whatever you want to call them. It would technically be like in an hour by the time they listen to this. Yes, we're mm. going to release this Monday morning. So the women play at 11 a.m. and then the men play at 7 p.m. But we're going to go ahead and talk about what uh, the Golden Eagles got going on because obviously there's a lot going on there. Lots of turnaround from the roster. There eight new players, we believe, um, if we have that right. But, <laughs> I mean, it, there's some there's some talent on the roster to be kind of excited for. We're going to kind of break down um, what we've seen from them. If, if uh, Nathan can kind of go through the newcomers, I know he's also working on a piece about some of the newcomers. Yes, uh, the big, big story, and especially my feature, is the Chilean players that have joined, uh, especially with uh, Cardona, new assistant coach, joining this team. We've got some big-time names, Nico, oh, goodness. Aguirre. Aguirre, yep. Uh, we have, also, we got some players like Felipe Haas. Of, uh, people have heard his name so far, and we'll hear his name throughout the season very likely. Uh, to be so. We also have Marcelo Perez. He's another guy that's from Chile. And and we have um, John Franco. How do you say that last name? Uh, yeah, uh, let me see. G-R-A. Oh, Grafals. Grafals. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah, and he is from Puerto Rico. Sorry to all the people that I uh, referenced there, and I messed up y'all's names. Oh, and Neftali. 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 I don't know why I got picked to say these names. You asked. Yeah, you're right, Alvarez. Uh, But besides that, you know, these are these new guys coming in, and they have a lot of expectations this season, a lot of uh, skills that Southern Miss might not have had the past few seasons. Uh, But it is a building program, and we're going to see what they can do as this season progresses on. Yeah, I think it's important to note just that this program is still rebuilding. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. they need to do better than a 14-game losing streak. Yep. At least compete in the Sun Belt. I mean, nobody expects them to win the Sun Belt, obviously. But, you know, just to to have to not lose every game, you mm-hmm. know, would be helpful, I think. So, um, <clears throat> so I just think that it... But, but fans need to understand it's a still rebuilding process. Yes. And so, 
Yeah, I, <laughs> I said eight players. We hope nine players. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, even better. I mean, we're still learning, really, honestly. Like, I've tried to go as much as I can because we're still learning uh, what these guys can do, you know, who they are, and just, you know, how much of a turnaround. It's really unprecedented to see this much of a turnaround. And, I mean, honestly, you know, we're not going <laughs> to give a win total or anything. But with this kind of turnaround, what are what are y'all's expectations this season? Uh, expectations, it's it, it's a weird weird term, I like to say, um, because when you're in a rebuild, the expectations are just to be better than last year. And last year was a very disappointing season for fans at Southern Miss. Um, we talked about it before the pod. Um, before this, you know, you gotta, you, you gotta take the wins when you can get them. And I don't think, you know, any improvement from last year is a win. Uh, obviously you don't want to be eight wins and, and like last year you only got seven, you know, you try to push to the double digits, maybe try and get to 15. I think that you can consider that a, a successful season when you're in the rebuild like they are. Yeah, I think it's just important to see the the difference in in the team chemistry. Mm. We talked to Coach Ladner on Media Day, and he was talking about that um, now. For me, as we said a minute ago, I play basketball, right? So one of the most important things in basketball is not, you know, obviously you want to shoot the ball well, obviously you want to rebound the ball well, but a lot of it comes down to team chemistry. Mm. A lot of it comes down to playing with the guys that you've been playing with for you know, so long and just building that chemistry. Last year, it seemed like you saw more of a, um, you know, solo type-esque team where one player would dribble the ball down and try to sc- score and and it wouldn't be a lot of ball movement, especially not the type of ball movement that, that y'all saw Thursday night, you know, a ton of assists. And last last year they played Delta State. They won by, what, five, six points, right, in this I year? Think eight points. Yeah, eight but points. They were trailing in yeah, and they were tra- And this year, I mean, it wasn't even a comparison. They just blew them off the field, not the field, the court. I remember we're talking about basketball. We just got done recording our football podcast. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, so they just blew them off the court because of team chemistry. They were moving the ball well. I remember reading your tweets and reading uh, David Eckert from the Heisberg American and Andrew Abadie from the Pine Belt Sports. Just the, the ball movement. I wasn't able to be there, but the ball movement to me is, is, is working. And I think that for fans, like Nathan said, just, just expect, expect them to compete and not for it to be as abysmal as it was last year. Mm-hmm. And obviously the big question is, you know, Jay Ladner's status. He mm-hmm. It was the first thing he addressed in his media day, and uh, we played it before on our show, but I'll play it here again for y'all to hear. Of course, I, I want to address something, you know, of course, I think get the elephant in the room. You know, we haven't been – it's time for us to win some ball games, okay? I want to make sure that everybody understands that we understand that. I understand that more than anybody. Uh, I'm thankful for the opportunity to be the coach here. Um, thankful for the, uh, the vote of confidence in our, our administration, Dr. Bennett, and of course, uh, Jeremy McLean. Um, but we're not going to look back. And, and, you know, of course, there's an old saying, don't look back unless that's the direction you want to go. And, and, uh, and I, I'm just excited about our upcoming season, and I realize that what's at stake. You know, how much of an improvement it does, ha, ha, can't, does it have to be for him to stay is kind of the question. I think it's going to have to be a pretty big improvement. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's going to have to be and, visible. And it's, we're, sorry. You know, you go ahead. You well, go ahead. I mean, we're journalists and we're not going to sugarcoat this. Jay, Jay Lander's on the hot seat. Mm-hmm. Like, you, we can't sugarcoat that. You know, we're not. And that's nothing against the guy because mm-hmm. even he's admitted it, right? Yeah. He, know, he said in the beginning of the press conference, like you just heard on the video clip, on the audio clip, we got to win some games. Mm-hmm. Like, they have got to win, not only win, but compete in games that they don't win. Yep. They can't just go and just get roasted off the field, off the court, every single ga- after a single game. Yeah. So, I think his seat is very warm, and a lot of people are excited about the new team, but as we've seen in the past, excitement may not always lead to results. Yeah, I think it's it, it's uh, it comes down to two things. Eye test and getting the dubs in the in the, the W column, you know. Obviously, you want to win in every game you could possibly win. But when you watched that team last year, you just, like Dean was said early on, chemistry was nowhere, running up and taking shots, very solo ball-like, um, not team basketball. And especially in college basketball, team basketball is a requirement. Watch Kansas. Watch Duke. I know that's it's crazy to even bring these t- teams up. Yeah, but let's not compare so we're not com- I'm not comparing Duke. them, but watch them how they play. They pass the ball. They team team efforts, you know. Um, even when Zion was with the, the, the Duke with that 
loaded team, they were still playing team basketball. Yeah. So that is a requirement in college basketball, no matter how good or how bad your team is. And that's one thing that I think, you know, they got to really find out. And that's why I say the eye test. As much as them getting wins, you got to – watching this team, you have got to be able to see – a change in their exactly. demeanor, right. a change in their style. You know, you, you just got to see it. And, you know, just as much as getting those wins, I think. The eye test is super important. Nathan has a great point that it's not just about the results on the field. It's also about the eye test and how these players, do these players, I think it's all, there's a lot, it's a lot about the players. Mm-hmm. Do the players want to play for Jay Ladner? Yeah. And if, and he, as as the coach, has to recognize whether they not do or don't. And if they don't, maybe it's time for him to step down. Mm-hmm. But even if they do, and even if they, you know, Right now, obviously, they want to play for him. But at the end of the season, if it starts trending downward like it did last season, you know, is that more of a result of the players or is that more a result of the coach? That's the question we're all going to ask. And maybe it's all turned around. But right now, he is on the hot seat, and he's going to have to have answers. Yeah, and we're going to break down kind of what we've heard, uh, kind of the storyline of the offseason. But before we get into that, just want to kind of break down, you know, Ladner has said that, you know, he takes responsibility that he can never get the guys, you know, to come together last year. And um, to even go on a losing streak like they did last year, that has a lot to do with the team morale and just how they were playing. You know, they weren't. I stand by this. They weren't that bad of a team to go on a losing streak like that. They had a lot of great talent on that team. Uh, I just think, it you know, the team fell apart. I think it's uh, as simple as that, and that's something Ladner has said, that he couldn't, you know, kind of piece it together during the season. And this year, with how, what they've said, you know, about the team chemistry, that is a lot more promising. Yeah, and I think basketball is just as much as a, a, a game dependent on team chemistry as it is upon mentality, mm. right? And, like, your mentality on the game is so important. I remember when I used to play there, you know, we, when we would play Jackson, it was the big team that everybody tried to beat. They were the team that, you know, always just blew you out, right? Mm. The re- the reason we could sometimes compete with them and we beat them for like the first time in ten years my senior year, um, was because we got we're able to get into their heads mentally mm. right and they weren't on their game right and so like last year is saying Charlie you know last year the, I think the mentality of the team started trending downward and mm. like you're saying they weren't they're, they're, the talent on the team wasn't like abysmal right. It was a good, talented team, but the mentality of the team started trending downwards. And I heard a lot at Media Day a couple of weeks ago that, hey, after practice, we get shots up, we play, we play pickup. Hey, we go, we go to Canes, we go to play, we go to play video games, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And that, guys, is actually really important in basketball. It is, it is. Good point there, by Dima. Yeah, and just breaking it down. Um, last night they were in the locker room, kind of. Some of them were watching a game together. Uh, they all went, of course, to the Brewskies thing. To, meet the team they had at Brewski's. Uh, but then they watched the game, uh, the women's game, all together on the uh, uh, sideline. Or Sorry, we're using football terms, but a court side. <laughs> we're switching over. Yeah, we literally Talk just yeah. recorded Prince Pickle. Yeah, but they're saying court side. And you know, that's, that's little things that I think add up. And kind of breaking down, you know, how this team chemistry has come. I specifically asked uh, Coach Ladder, you know, you have nine new players and you're trying to implement them into this system that you have in place. Um, you know, that's a big task, especially with, you know, kind of his job on the line and just th- they need to turn things around now. Uh, he said that's actually surprisingly been really smooth and uh, mm-hmm. one of the, you know, smoothest parts of the offseason. They've come in, they've put in the work. He said the other day after the exhibit. Uh, exhibition match he said this is the first um season where i haven't had to lose my religion during practices he says they come in ready to work and just put the effort in uh day in day out so i think that's a huge difference and breaking it down even further guys lots of these um guys have played together before we'll talk about that um nathan will kind of break that down in his article but we've got a couple guys that juan cardona has coached um at miami and uh through some of their aau teams and even deandre pickney who's from around that area has played against them before so uh, lots of these guys know each other on the court you might hear some spanish going around mm-hmm. um they know each other and they know each other well and from what we've heard they've gelled in really uh well with some of the you know returning players yeah and i think felipe was talking about a media day that he played against like luka Doncic and uh 
and a couple of NBA yeah. players. So that's he, wild. That's we're we're going to talk about Felipe uh, pretty soon because I think that's going to wrap up about uh, the team chemistry. But that kind of goes one thing you were talking about ball movement yeah. and they had 23 assists against uh, Delta State huge and one possession oh. i wish it was uh, televised or we could pull up the clip and just share it cuz it was beautiful i've never seen that in southern miss basketball um at least while i've been here every person touched the ball like consecutively on one possession wow. and they got a, a basket it, it was great some real basketball yeah, yeah. it it looked great and uh, Mo Arnold described that uh, coach is trying to coach Ladner is trying to make this a pass uh, extra pass kind of team, mm. and you can't do that without you know knowing each other on the court. Mm. And to see that early on compared to I'm not gonna uh, say say anything, you know pick on the Lady Eagles, but that that's an issue that they had um, in their exhibition match. Lots of turnovers didn't look like they were on the same page. Uh, the, Turn it over a lot last season too. Early on, um, that that's something I didn't see with the Golden Eagles. So I think that's really promising. And we're gonna kind of move into the talent that they have. We'll start with um, Felipe Hase, um, which I mean, he's coming from Mercer, so it's Juan Cardona, six nine, two hundred forty five pounds. I think he's taller than six nine. I honestly. think he's yeah. I think he's like six <laughs> ten, six yeah. eleven. I saw him at uh, so uh, at the. Uh, the Eagle Subway Chick Fil A and the Thad Cochran, and I was like, "Uh, okay, <laughs> that's probably basketball." Player. Yeah, I mean, just uh, we're gonna still try to get familiar with this game, but I mean, he's a guy who has put some really solid numbers up. He's had some uh, experience, like we said, Chilean national team, and so far, what I've seen from him, I'm a little um confused of how they're gonna use him. I watched one of their scrimmages, and it was consistent with what I saw in the exhibition match. Um, lots. This is something that Ladner has said he wants to do. He does it with Pinckney, uh, you know, having stretch bigs. And I saw, you know, maybe they're just trying to hone in uh, at practice to kind of get ready for the season. But Felipe took, I think, four threes in the scrimmage. I watched, missed all of them. Mm. Um, but he's going to be taking the shots because in the exhibition match, he took three and made two. And um, Ladner did say he wanted to see, you know, more opportunities inside for the bigs because specifically in that game they had a height advantage. And, you know, they have gotten bigger, gotten longer. Uh, they keep saying that. And Felipe is kind of, I think, their make-or-break make or kind of um, addition of all of these new guys. I think he's definitely one of those um, players to watch. I mean, can y'all pull his numbers up to see, you know, what he did at Mercer? Let's see. I got you right here. Last season, he averaged 14.8 points, five rebounds, three assists, and 48% uh, from the field. Let's see what he got from three. 40% from three. That's the big wow. thing. That's the big thing I've noticed about Haas is that he could shoot the three, and that's a problem that Southern Miss has faced uh, recently. Um, but, yeah, to look back, he's actually improved greatly over his career in college uh, when he was a freshman, he only shot 26% from three and jumped up the next year all the way to 41%, then down to 39 and to 40%. So he, he's obviously made that a part of his game, uh, that part of his game very, very uh, prevalent, you know, in his in his play. Um, good rebounder. Uh, he's had a really good rebounding season, had eight in his uh I guess junior year technically. So um, that's something that Southern Miss is also going to really need is some good rebounding, a bit good big guy uh, to ha- kind of handle the middle. So yeah, when you when you talk about Felipe Haas, you, you see a lot of skill uh, that, that that player can bring. And talking about the other bigs, uh, Denijay Harris and DeAndre Pinkney, two of you know returning guys who have started before, and they actually rolled out the starting lineup. They had. Uh, DeAndre Pinckney, Denaje, and Felipe together. Mm. And when I was watching the scrimmage, they did play best when they had all uh, most of their bigs out there, uh, kind of three big guys playing together, and then, you know, two guards. But, I mean, <laughs> like we said, they're all stretch guys, so uh, that's really interesting yep. combination to see. And DeAndre Pinckney, honestly, um, from what I saw, like, he, he shot – Oh five in the exhibition from threes, but he he was still getting boards. Um, and Denaje looked nice too. Uh, I think I think that combination with the bigs is going to be uh, huge in the Sun Belt. 
because on the other board we're talking about you know guard play for the ladies but i think here you know having that height advantage uh, is huge and just you know being longer quicker and having kind of that uh, unique ability to stretch the floor is going to be a big plus because uh, Coach Ladner was talking about, and this is statistically true, the Conference USA is the stronger basketball, men's mm-hmm. basketball it conference is. in the Sun Belt. So it is, it's plausible that, you know, Southern Miss could make a turnaround in the Sun Belt. Mm-hmm. Be incredible. Yeah. Hey. You know, you never know what can happen. I just realized this, and this they might have this wrong on ESPN. Do they have any technical centers on their lineup? Uh, they, they'll list it as forward. Okay. I think, I think it's going to be okay. something they I was uh, curious. switch around. Okay. Yeah. But I, I think really what we saw um, – a little bit small ball, huh? Yeah, Delta State. Well, them going big, I think, um, is really the lineup that okay. they could go okay. go on and use. It's three bigs, and then they had Mo Arnold and Austin Crowley. Crowley, we're going to talk about Austin. I think yeah. is the next Ole Miss boy, huh? Yeah, next mm-hmm. biggest uh, addition in my terms. I actually got to meet him at my internship. We had an interview over there at Super Talk about. Um, with two of the female, uh, the Lady Eagles, um, and he actually showed up, so he got to join on, in on that. And that's another sign that these, you know, both of these teams are supporting each other, and they uh, got a good chemistry between each other. Yeah, Joyce leave me leaving out, and Alice talks about how they play the guys a lot, so I think that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, yeah, they they do support each other. I think it's cool. Like Charlie was saying that they were watching um, <clears throat> the girls play last night. Yeah. I, so what I saw from Austin, talking about Austin, um, just really confident. I think they're going to miss a lot of what Tyler Stevenson did in the mid-range mm. game. Um, but I think Austin can even be more consistent in that aspect, uh, in that part of the game. But I think what's interesting is you see Mo Arnold, a guy who kind of you know rode the bench last season, uh, he had some good games too, but he came out. He was probably arguably the best player of oh, yeah. the exhibition game. Five of seven, 12 points, um, and just the way he looked was great. And then you have Neftali Alvarez, who shot 0 of 7. I didn't even realize that. That was something I didn't even realize because I'll say this. His impact on the court was, uh, I mean, I thought he was, I didn't even, you know, realize that he didn't make a single shot just wow. because he was aggressive. He, uh, had, I think, team high, along with Felipe, which is interesting. Felipe gets distributes the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, Neftali had five assists, and he was also getting boards. I think he's going to be kind of your combo guard. Yep. It does everything for you. So I think the hardest part of this right now for Southern Miss is finding out, you know, what players work best with each other and how to carve out minutes for all of these guards. Because I think, you know, kind of your bigs, who's going to get the minutes. But then even then Victor Hart was a guy who looked really good. I still don't really, I'm not really familiar with the kind of player he is, but then Miami. Yeah. Victor Hart. And then, uh, Donovan Ivory is somebody that Coach Ladner has talked about that could be kind of the steal yeah. of um, of all these new additions, kind of the sleeper, if you'd say. Yeah, and it doesn't feel like they've found their, like, number one scorer yet because I know for the girls, you know, Dominique Davis, mm-hmm. definitely their number one scorer. But, you know, that's, that's kind of cool to me to have a guy that, that's going to come out eventually and start taking over games. Uh, that they haven't really found that guy yet, and so once they found that find that guy, I think this team, you know, they, they could be pretty dangerous. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know how consistent this will be with the, uh, throughout the season, but they looked pretty uh, good shooting the ball, uh, forty seven or almost forty eight percent from field, and then also got eleven threes, thirty eight percent, and I mean that that's respectable. Um, I, I mean, they just looked confident coming out. So, DeAndre obviously one of eight, but uh, DeAndre is going to be, I think, one of those top guys. But I think that it is something to look at that they appear to have some depth, or you know, guys who are all competing together. And we've talked about how you know the ball movement looks. So I think you know having that where <laughs> that's hard for teams to kind of mm. account for when you have people coming off the bench and scoring too. Yeah, and I don't want to. I do want to say this: Donovan Ivory actually did average twelve points last year uh, for the team he played with. I think that was Green Bay University. Yeah, yeah, that's um, right. So uh, uh, that's another score that you know people are kind of like he said a sleeper. 
And uh, I mean, uh, we saw a couple alley oops in the uh, wow. exhibition match. I'm trying to remember Austin. Just uh, that to me, when you're doing that, you know, the first game to some of the new guys, just you know, says that the work they put in, you know, that's the, chemistry. Yeah, that's all it is. Yeah, I mean, it, it was good to see they were all on the same page. But I think that's going to wrap it up for our breakdown of um the men's do y'all have anything else to say about kind of some of the new additions guys we didn't touch on mm-hmm. I, I saw somebody i'm actually i don't know how much play time we'll get but tate Ryder in the scrimmages and in the exhibition uh i think he's gonna carve out a role on the bench too mm-hmm. i mean i i don't know it, i think everybody's still finding their role on this team and just from what i've seen in the scrimmages um, the scrimmage was a little sloppy at times, but you know that's to be expected. Um, but I mean, this team really question marks all around. Obviously, just because they're new, we're still learning it. But I think they do have a chance to compete. Juan was on our coach. Juan, uh, Juan Cardona was on our show, and even though uh, they are, are picked the last in the Sun Belt, like picking just to win a couple games on some polls. Uh, he said, y'all can pick us uh, wherever uh, you want. You know, we're going to show you. And uh, we can pl- we can play that clip right now to show you the kind of passion, the kind of confidence that Juan Cardona and the team have in their abilities. And I think this class, this year, they picked us 14. But they'll, 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 they'll re- they will regret picking us 14. Because we're going to feel, and, and like I said, people think uh, I'm emotional. No, Bobby, I've been doing this since 18 years old, and I'm 44. I know when I see a team that can go places, now, every winning is very hard. But but I'll, I'll, I, me, like, I always have this conversation with Coach, I'll take this team against anybody. Now, you, you got to bring it every day. Because when you come here, when we go to you, it's business. Because mm-hmm. out of 14 teams, it's only one going to the tournament. You know what I mean? So so that right there is business right away. And and whatever they say with 14, they can pick us 20 if they if they want. That's why you play the season now. They'll see when they see Southern Mid that oh, 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 what, what what's happened here? So that's I don't I don't I I, 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 I told um one interview like 2 weeks ago that we're going to win it and I stand by it. I don't I, I'm not going to change. I mean, and 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 if people want to talk and just just side talks whatever, I'm okay with it. Whatever you think we are, we agree. Can we move on? We're gonna we, we're gonna be ourselves no matter where we go, and you're gonna see it. We're gonna show it with actions, and 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 that's all I gotta say. You know what I mean? So so we have a special group of guys that love each other, and they like each other, right? So so when when you got that 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 type of, that type of chemistry starting, like he said, and he 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 said it that he's the older guy. He is the older guy, but he he's been through some battles. We're talking about a guy here that had, that had the opportunity to go pro and made a lot of money and come here because he wanted to live that experience and go into the NCAA tournament. At the end of the day, that's what it's all about. You know what I mean? So if we get the, the, the goals ready to go since day one, you're going to see the result and, and, and at, the end of the, at the end of the season. But if you don't know what you're going, you can go anywhere. So we're very excited. I'm sorry I took a little long, but that's how I feel. And I'll say to here, I say it two weeks from now, I know where we're going. All right, y'all. So that will do uh, for our coverage of the Golden Eagles. Again, they start their season against the uh, William Carey Crusaders uh, mm. Monday at 7 p.m. That's been an interesting game in years past. William yep. Carey's head coach was actually kind of scouting at Reed Green in their mm. exhibition match. So 84-54 to 54 win against Delta State, a game that – has been close in years past. So improvement, you could say, <laughs> from past years. <laughs> and just, I think, I would say, um, just signs that it is going in the right direction, just questionable on, you know, how many games they can win this year. But we will see, and Juan Cardona is confident that they will pe- put together some wins. But moving over to the Lady Eagles, um, who obviously, you know, had a really good season last year. And they're returning a lot of players. They have Brakayla Gray, Dominique Davis, uh, Emma Walhoff, Asia Broaden, uh, Lauren Gross, Mo Dillard, Rose Warren, and Malia. So a lot of the team, they did lose, um, uh, oh my gosh, I'm blanking who they lost. Deisha Almond, yeah. Deisha yeah, Almond was their big mm-hmm. loss. 
in the offseason. And then Kelsey Jones, Daisha yeah. uh, transferred. Kelsey's uh, not playing anymore. But, I mean, the talent that they have is promising. But yeah. I'll tell y'all, um, I think the perspective just kind of changed after watching the team last night. They realized that they're going to have to do a lot. Mm-hmm. I, they That was the game that they honestly could have lost. They're playing uh, Auburn Monk. Montgomery, a mm. D2 team. And, you know, the, McNella says she has respect for the team. They had some shooters, too, um, but it did not look good. It was it was a poor performance all around defensively, uh, not switching on transitions. Um, and then offensively, I would say there were probably 10 missed layups mm. or more. Yeah, and, you know, those happen. that's something Rose was saying uh Today at the media day, you know, those are shots that she knows she can make. Mm-hmm. So it's correctable. First first game of the you know, season. Being jitters. Yeah, exactly. She said when the lights turned on kind of thing. You know, everybody was kind of jittery. But seeing that and kind of the non-conference schedule they have slated, I mean, I'm looking mm-hmm. at it here. After, you know, uh, playing <laughs> William Carey. Valparaiso. Yeah. But they, they play Ole Miss. And then they're going to play a couple games, North Alabama and Nichols. But then further down, they're going to play Alabama again um, and then go to the Long Beach Classic where they play Irvine and Long Beach State, which uh, were really good basketball teams last year. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is not a cakewalk non-conference schedule. This is uh, purposely made to, you know, be competitive. That's what Coach McNellis likes to do. But, I mean, the players said it last night. They said we got a lot of work to do. Y'all didn't get to watch it, but I was texting you saying, hey, at one point, Auburn Montgomery was leading at 11 points by Mm. 11 points. Yeah, I I don't know if I really buy the, you know, whole mantra of the lights were on and the jitters were out. Last season, they played, I don't remember who it was, Southeastern Baptist or something like that. They won like 109 to 12 or something last mm. season. So, <laughs> I like, don't think it was that. No, uh, but it, no, it I was. was at that game. It was it something. Was 109 to 18. 109 to 18. <laughs> so uh, that's pretty close. He was close. So I don't know if I really buy the. I, I'm that is, serious. That That's is what ridiculous. It was. I didn't even. Re- I kind of do remember that. Yeah, 109 to 12 or so. so I was pretty close. <laughs> yeah, was pretty close. So, but so I don't know if I buy the whole the <laughs> lights were on because last year the lights were on and they still beat a Division two team like they were supposed to, and this is practically the same team that's coming back this season against. Now I don't know comparing Southeastern Baptist to AUM, but. You don't you don't win that game by three points. Like you you've got to actually. I don't like. I get the whole. You know they still got to work some kinks out. That's why they have the exhibition match. But you don't almost lose your exhibition match. Like mm-hmm. I'm sorry, that's that's not good. But mm-hmm. obviously, you know they got some things to fix. And I'm not gonna like down on them because they are still very talented and have a lot of talented players. And in Lauren Gross and especially Dominique Davis. If they didn't have Dominique Davis, they probably would have lost the game uh, last night. You if know? they didn't have Malia, they yeah, would have lost you know, either. They, Malia Grayson and uh, and then uh, Rose hitting doing you know starting this season too. So I think you'll get a lot of answers on Monday morning when they welcome William Carey in for Education Day and stuff like that. But man, I mean, I don't, I just don't know if I buy the whole, you know, the lights were on. I really think it was something to do with mindset. Mm. I think because 100% because mindset. like man, if it was about lights are on, then last year they probably shouldn't have won by almost literally a hundred points. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because <laughs> that is actually really bad. That I feel is bad for South. I've never seen a score like that. One hundred percent. Demon hits it on the nail. Charlie it's, said it wasn't that bad. Like, <laughs> I got the receipt yeah, right, right here. here, right here. No, but the good point Demon makes is that they have the talent. They have yeah. talent in a lot of places. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily worry, right? Yeah, exactly. But. You shouldn't worry, but it definitely raises concerns, especially more for the locker room, in my opinion. Right. You, you got to be watching. You got to be really disappointing in performance, and I know that they were. Um, maybe that an early, you know, slap in the face might be really good for a team like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think that's true because, I mean, uh, I think Ladner was saying you're going to see some of these exhibitions. You know, it serves as a lesson. Yep. Some teams are yep. going to win closer you know, than they would like, and mm-hmm. this was definitely the case. 
Um, it, it's wild that they almost lost the game. Mm. But, <laughs> I mean, we'll talk a little about, uh, about the individual per- performances that Dominique Davis and Malia Grayson had. Dominique really took over in the third quarter, 14 points. Uh, Malia Grayson took over basically the whole game. Uh, Dominique finished with 28, team high, 10 of 16, I believe, and also three or four three-pointers. But Malia had a 20-20 performance. I, uh, C- Coach McNellis was kind of picking on parts of the game uh, th- that she would have liked to see Malia improve on because she missed a lot of opportunities in the paint mm. and turned the ball over a lot. But you know, I was there. How many times have you seen twenty twenty? That's and pretty impressive. Yeah, she she said she was you know, it was a good performance. But um, what she said that kind of stuck stuck out, stood out. Sorry, was that these two players, Dominique Davis, obviously second year from LSU, fit in really nicely. CUSA newcomer of the year last season. We still don't know if she could win it uh, this year for Sun Belt, but she's definitely up for grabs. Because Coach Manella said that these two are going to have to um, be error-free. Like, they are going to have to pull the weight. They have an increased mm-hmm. role. Malia is going from a role of around 19 minutes per game to now 30 minutes per game without Kelsey. Mm. We talked about that a lot on our show, um, about how she's always had Kelsey as kind of that um, second player. And now... Uh, she's gone, so Malia is going to have to step up in that role. And I definitely think Malia is capable of that freshman of the year player. Um, she had ten offensive rebounds. Yeah, that's she, insane. You know, they were they were a lot <laughs> taller, more physical than Auburn Montgomery. It was yeah. clear as day. But yeah, <laughs> seeing that in a women's Usually basketball it's like game, sixteen defensive, four offensive. No, ten and ten. That's she, insane. It was, she was bodying them. That's she, crazy. she she trucked some of those girls out there last <laughs> night. Um, and that's what you know, Coach McNellis mm-hmm. was saying that the media God, dominated lunch, that the media lunch thing we were at today was like. Get physical. You know, mm-hmm. if you're going to play a center against a guard, hit them in the nose. Punch them in the nose, man. You know, mm-hmm. if you've got three or four inches on them, you shouldn't be missing many shots. Mm-hmm. Nope. And, I, and, and, you know, the, the, I don't even know how it's possible. Because, I, I mean, I remember guarding like a guy who was way bigger than me. I didn't have a shot. I said, Coach, you got to get me off of this guy. <laughs> you know, so. Um, and he scored on me every time. There's nothing. There's not much you can do when there's a mm-hmm. huge body coming yep. right ball. down the court at you. So I'm just getting out of the way. I'm not, yeah. I mean, it's not worth business, dying over. Business decision. <laughs> yeah. And this is something uh, we've talked about is because when they go further into conference play, Coach has talked about over and over and over how this is a guard-oriented league more so yeah. than uh, it's really unique. So they were kind of practicing, you know, they've been practicing with things and transition, you know, getting the bigs out on the perimeter to guard, and that didn't happen last night, mm-hmm. which is why you saw a lot of threes um, being allowed. Yeah, that, yeah, they shot 52% uh, Auburn Montgomery did. Yeah, so, I mean, that is concerning, but it's something, you know, they're going to kink out, I think, because it's uh, something they haven't had to do as much in the past that they're trying to kind of focus on. They've done a lot of pre uh, season scouting. Each coach has gotten a different Sun Belt team to kind of scout their offense because outside of a couple of opponents, they have never played um, these teams in Sun Belt. So there's going to be, I think, a lot of a learning curve this season. I think their talent on the roster makes them contenders. But, I mean, with what we've heard from Coach, you know, what do you think is kind of their biggest uh, strength? Or and what they've got to be concerned about going into Sun Belt. I think uh, a big concern. I don't want to over. You know, they shot pretty good in this game, but I don't think their volume was enough when it comes to shooting the three. Maybe you could try and unleash a couple more, but I don't think shooting is the problem. Um, I think it could be size, maybe. Uh, even though they do have some pretty big players, obviously. Um, we've talked about some of them. So I, I don't know if there's an exact thing right now for me that would uh, kind of make them, you know, a problem in the Sun Belt or make them better in the Sun Belt. So it's kind of a watch and see kind of thing for me. So um, I don't want to look into a, an exhibition and determine their entire entire season. Obviously, uh, things happen. Um, so I, I would say, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing some, uh, them shooting the ball a little bit more because um, they had success. 42.9% from three is pretty good, but you only shot 16. So maybe you can try and get that number up to 20, 25. 
um, and, uh, and rely on that on, on your shooting because they have some pretty good shooters on this team. Um, yeah, I don't know if Nathan heard uh, or if we're hearing Nathan right from the coach we've heard say if you're shooting 30% from the three-point line, she would have a stroke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She doesn't uh, – you know – that's something they emphasize is that even though it's guard oriented, that Southern Miss is still going to stick to its you know post centric. Yeah, right, and I I think that's that would be my question to the not my question to the answer. My answer to the question because you know I think a sense of identity is important in basketball, mm-hmm. right? And this team is going to have that sense of identity with being the one of the only teams in the Sun Belt who plays with the post. Mm-hmm. And like I was just saying, man, when you have a post player against a guard, you are in a unique advantage, oh, right? Yeah. And man, just feed her the entire game, like just. Mm-hmm. Keep throwing the ball to her, and she's got to be physical enough to score. And the defense is over there going, "What in the world are we going to do to stop her? Are we going to put yep. two guys on her? Then you can then you can start getting the ball around the perimeter mm. and start getting the three ball up." So I think that's a third advantage. I think their disadvantage is you know with the players out and and Coach McNellis was talking about it today. If the if their their center starts getting in, in foul trouble, mm. is their shooting going to be up to par? with the other team for them to stay in the game long enough to not, you mm-hmm. know, have to play catch up the entire yeah. time. I think that that's going to be an important part. So I think that it kind of works both ways. And that's something I asked coach McNellis that today I said, is it more of an advantage for that or more of a disadvantage? She didn't really give any answer either way. She kind of showed the advantages and the disadvantages. But to me, I think it's more of an advantage because I think of, I think you, I think it's more of an advantage for them because they know their identity and they're going to go to their identity, but also think it's a disadvantage as well because now the team's playing you. They know what your game plan is going in and they know that this is, if they find a way to stop it, man, you know, you're, I think you're in trouble. Yep. I think, I think Malia, uh, if, if this is all, you know, being right, what's said, Malia could have a huge season, really, if they're oh, yeah. relying on her 30 minutes per game. We'll see some crazy numbers from her. But uh, we'll talk about some of the new players, too, because how they fit in will determine the success of this team because Dominique had a stretch last season where she went cold, yeah. and uh, that really negatively impacted the team. But, you know, Dom is definitely going to be the leader and, you know, capability on – the court to kind of get the ball going when you can't give it to Malia. She can just turn it on whenever. Um, but let's say, you know, Dominique doesn't have it going on. They're going to need to fill that hole in the um, the true point guard that Daisha Allman was. And last night, uh, Lonnie Cornfield did not play well. But, you know, that's a new addition that uh, Coach McNellis is excited about. She is kind of a, you know, run the show first point guard. That's how... Coach described her, then she'll shoot. I think she kind of forced a lot last night. But, you know, if you can see her letting the game come to her more, uh, then kind of having that combination with Dom and then Brakela Gray, if she gets back on the court, and Lauren, who can shoot. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about Lauren in a little bit. But, you know, I think that's a good combination. Ja'Coria Bracey, transfer from Ole Miss, uh, will be a huge addition to this team. I, I believe she didn't perform well, but I mean her capability. She's been you know praised by the coaching staff, by teammates. Mm-hmm. Somebody that uh, a returning player that that uh, teammates and coaches have said have really taken the next step is one of their bigs as well. Uh, Asia Leak maybe could carve in a similar role to you know what Kelsey uh, was for them. And then Femi Funius, another big, a really big question mark. If she, you know, gets to play, she's been injured a lot. She suffered with injuries her whole career. Mm. But she's coming from Seton Hall. And, I mean, she she was a high school, you know, top talent kind of player. And McNellis described her as a game changer. That's why they brought her in here. Uh, So if she gets to see the court, you know, having that – that combination of bigs and then some of your guards too, who, you know, big time uh, players have made some big time plays. Dom really took over last year. I don't see any reason why they couldn't, you know, be one of the top teams in the Sun Belt. They were picked, they were picked around number four. Yep. So I think, I think my uh, biggest question really is, you know, how you, I don't know what the starting lineup is (laughs) really. I think, just seeing what I've seen out of uh, men's, I think it, it's more clear, at least, the, you know, the starting guys. Yeah. But outside of Dom and Malia uh, and maybe Rose, I think Rose will definitely be a starter, as we've seen in Lauren, uh, possibly. 
I don't I don't know who's going to be that consistent starting five, and I don't know if they will really have that consistent starting five. I think the non conference slate will kind of um, show who those uh, five will be. But also new additions: Sharday Watkins, McNellis really praised as one of the best performers uh, last night in the exhibition match. And then somebody I am always interested about is Emma Walhoff. Mm-hmm. Is I mean, she holds high school records for most three-pointers. You're talking about they need shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, she missed her attempts last night, but I think if she can come off the bench still yeah. and just provide a little spark, this team is deep. I agree. I think I think all of those players that you just mentioned, especially the last one, you know, if, you, if you're getting points off the bench as well, you know, that's so important. Bench points are important, you know, especially in basketball and – um, if 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 you have even a, a sixth a sixth woman, I guess you would say a sixth mm-hmm. woman to come in and and be a, a star for Southern Miss when you can put her in, in in key moments, especially when you need maybe Malia to go out, maybe Dom to go out, you know, yeah. um, I think that I think that that's important for them to have, obviously, um, in, in basketball, but maybe even having that second that seventh girl, you know, that seventh woman, yeah, then 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 that. Can I even speak? Gosh, mm. then that's also important. So um, Nathan, you're going to say something? No, yeah, and. And there's always there's this saying now in basketball is um you know do you have a dynamic duo or you got the big three and I think you lean here on this big this dynamic duo and you let the team behind them behind Malia and Dom uh, be the team they can beat you know um, and make this a supporting cast rather than trying to make it a three a three man a three woman group um, I do want to bring up a point that I noticed looking at this box score is that they did not close the game very well, and that's always a thing. Usually you'll see the teams with very good um, chemistry and understanding of their team. You know, they'll, they'll find how to find ways to just close the game out, especially after a great third quarter, 27 points in that third quarter, their best quarter, and then right after it they have their worst quarter of the game. So that's something I want to watch maybe as this team progresses to kind of, you know, get better as they close games. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of that has to do, they're saying, about conditioning still. Mm, mm. Uh, this is a team that traditionally plays a lot of uh, presses. <laughs> they they mm. like to be, you know, real tight on defense. And, uh, you know, that could have been something that we saw last night. That just they look kind of gassed. Yeah. Uh, and I think that, you know, transferred to uh, – translated to their offense too, just the, all the turnovers that we saw. But somebody else didn't mention – I think it's the only person didn't mention is Mo Dillard, uh, Morgan Dillard. She uh, – McNell said she's going to be playing this year, getting more playing time. They've liked what they've seen from her. Um, but other than that, you know, they're returning a lot of people, like we said. The players said there's kind of a sense of comfortability in that, but uh, and maturity in returning lots of these freshman players who didn't get to play last year, mm-hmm. but now have carved out roles like Mo. So I, I really don't see a reason why they can't, you know, be a competing team. But I think it is concerning when, you know, you ha- you're placing a lot of pressure on y- your dynamic duo, if you want to call them that, Um to have, you know, no room for air because that's basically saying, you know, we, we see a lot of that in modern basketball now. Mm. And when it doesn't, you know, when one, one you know, cylinder is off, it all misfires. Yep. But, you yeah. know, I've, the, the key to this, uh, what I've seen so far that we haven't brought up is we've been picking on <laughs> their performance. They, they've had a ton of injuries. Yes. And not having Bekayla Gray, Brakayla mm. Gray is uh, your uh, six woman kind of you will, will say, <laughs> um, but she scores. She's a scorer. Like she can she can give you a spark when other you know players aren't doing so hot. Mm. She kind of is a sleeper in my opinion in the Sun Belt. But I mean, recently she's had some blood clot problems. Um, terrible. Mm. It's bad for them basketball yeah. players too. Yeah, wow. and. and Coach Coach McNellis said today that she had to go to the ER last night because the blood clots uh, traveled to her lungs. Last night she said, you know, they're not expecting her for another month, but I don't know if that doesn't take as much time as she needs. Yeah, I don't know if that holds up anymore. Bigger than the the game. Yeah. And I think Coach McDonald's understands one thousand percent. One thousand percent. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. We're hoping that, you know, she gets better um, because she's just a great talent Mm -hmm. and great player. But, Otherwise, you know, Femi Punius, who suffered injuries, still out with injury. And uh, Emma Walhoff is coming off of an injury, too. She played, and 
I think, uh, well, Malia, uh, we were actually talking to her on our show, and she was just coming off a concussion. Yeah, yeah. So, it was like the two nights before, right? Yeah. That's crazy. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> but, yeah. Dog. They, <laughs> dog, yeah. They've had some injuries, but, I mean, I'm, I'm ready for basketball, y'all. I think yeah, I am, too. Me, too. We, we really talked a lot about that. <laughs> hey. <laughs> but. Hey, my whole rundown. Hey. You better enjoy this preview. Yeah. <laughs> we're doing a lot for you. We we're, just recorded a football podcast for an hour and a half, and we just did this for, like, 45 minutes. <laughs> we're going to be um, covering them starting Monday. We're going to have articles out on sm2media.com, mm-hmm. and you can follow Dima, uh, me, uh, Nathan, if he's at the games. I'm going to try to be going to these basketball games. Austin will be there at some of the games, too. You can follow all of us in 4th Street, too. Um, but these Conference uh, championships are in Pensacola, so we're kind of hoping that we get to go to Pensacola. We're not we're not biased, but you know that that would be pretty cool because that's a, that's a road trip that you know, Southern Miss fans can make. Before. A lot better than Troy. Yeah, well, <laughs> a lot better than uh, for, I think it was Frisco, Texas. Well, for, yeah, for, Frisco, where you know. Man, <laughs> the, those championships are rough covering them. There's like one person in the stands. It's I would just put I would just put it up on ESPN Plus and just cover it and then zoom in uh, to McNellis in the hallway of whatever <laughs> the stadium they were in. So it's just in the bathroom, she's yeah. just yeah. sitting in the stall. Whatever. So I mean, we're looking forward to basketball. Uh, definitely go out to Reed Green if you can, um, and for students that might take a brewski's cover to do hey, that for you. There you go. But you know, I think I think both teams are trending in the right direction. If the Lady Eagles can uh, fix what we saw, they have yeah, the cap- they have the capability though they to do. be one of the top teams in Sun Belt. I, that's I'm sticking by that, even yeah. though what I saw, you know, that's. Those are correctable mistakes, yes. what we saw, and they're suffering yep. from injuries. So I know we were picking on them, but it's all correctable. So as always, it's been Charlie, Dima, and Nathan. Thank you all for talking basketball. And we will be back um, next week with a, a not special episode, if you want to call it. <laughs> no, they're all yeah, special. Yeah, because Austin's hosting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but all right, y'all. Follow us on 4th Street Sports. Peace. Three, two, one. This has been the 4th Street Sports Show. Tune in next Monday at 5.